This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, December the 6th, and this is one of our most read stories today. A boy's been taken to hospital with a suspected bleed on the brain after being attacked at a school in Chatham. A video showing the 16-year-old being beaten up in the playground of Greenacre Academy was shared online. The victim's mum has now taken her three children out of the school and police say they're investigating. Well, Lucy joins me now. An awful thing to happen. Happen, Lucy. Absolutely. And Emma Cheney has revealed how she had to spend 24 hours with her son in hospital while he had tests and started to black out, be sick and feel dizzy. The 16-year-old was taken to Medway Maritime. Emma's other two sons are 15 and 12 and she's looking for somewhere else to educate them. It's understood the boys who carried out the attack were suspended, but Emma doesn't think that punishment is good enough. As you say, the police are investigating... They've told us they were called to the school at 11.40 on the morning of November 21st. Officers have spoken to the victim's mum and are also liaising with the school. We have approached Greenacre for a comment, but at the time of recording today's podcast, we hadn't received a response. Lucy, thank you ever so much. You can see pictures and read that story in full by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a Dover man's appeared in court after police found a sawn-off shotgun, pistol chamber, bullets and a deactivated grenade at his home. Officers raided the property in July and also discovered bows and arrows, throwing knives and a stash of tinned food under the floorboards. The 36-year-old is thought to have been prepping for some kind of catastrophic event. He'll be sentenced at a later date. If there's an outbreak of strep A at your child's school, the whole class could be given antibiotics. Health officials have recommended the rare move as nine children have now died from the bacterial infection which causes scarlet fever. There have been more than 600 cases of that here in the southeast over the past three months. Colin Brown is the Deputy Director of the UK Health Security Agency. Our health protection teams will assess the situation in a school or, or another setting and if there's a number of linked cases and depending on, on the situation then we would consider antibiotic prophylaxis for either a group of children in certain classes or an entire nursery school, for example. In other health news, we now know when staff working at the ambulance service that covers Kent are going on strike. Members of the GMB union employed by CCAM will join around 10,000 others for industrial action on the 21st of December and then again on the 28th of that month. Paramedics, emergency care assistants, call handlers and other staff at nine ambulance trusts have voted to strike over pay. A second person's been charged after thousands of pounds was stolen from a man who's dying of cancer in Ramsgate. Terry Price was saving the money to pay for his funeral, but it was taken during a break-in at his home on Leopold Street last month. A 26-year-old is due before magistrates in January. Tributes are being paid to a Gillingham man who died at a football game over the weekend. Keith Hoare was supporting Bromley FC for their match against Yeovil Town on Saturday. The game had to be abandoned following the medical emergency. A child's been taken to hospital with leg injuries after being hit by a car in Canterbury. 
Surrey. Emergency crews were called to Old Dover Road at about eight this morning. Now, three climate protesters have been sentenced after staging a demo at an Amazon warehouse in Dartford. Extinction Rebellion blockaded the site on Black Friday in November last year. It was part of a global day of action against the company, with campaigners calling for more to be done to reduce waste and cut carbon emissions. Well, our court reporter spoke to Bernard Kelly, Alex Penson and Amy Pritchard. I think our, our lawyer was shocked by the harshness of the sentence, but I think that's in line with trying to clamp down on protests at the moment, trying to silence people. And I think one of the important things that you know to bear in mind is that all our all our laws come out of protest. None, none of the laws that we got, none of our freedoms of speech have been given for us. They've all had to be fought for. And uh, it's, it's a really scary time now, I think, that, that those our, our freedoms are really being uh, curtailed. Um, so it's a really important action. I, you know, I'm very glad I, I did it, although it's, it's, it's cost me uh, kind of personally and, and, and financially. Uh, I've, I've got no other previous uh, convictions before today. So you don't regret it. Um, it was worth it, but it is going to cost you. Um, £200 a month you've got to pay. It's a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money, and uh, what's interesting is they didn't ask what what my means were at all, so that, that wasn't based on any means. So it's going to be really hard, as everyone's being squeezed at the moment, you know, our electricity bills, paying for the kids, Christmas is coming. It's a really, really punitive sentence, and it, is, and it really is about shutting people up. And the more people who can speak, the, the less they'll try and do that. I think it points to the fact that many of the systems that we live within don't actually work. They're not fit for purpose. The legal system is not fit for purpose. The prisons do not make people better. They do not serve community. They make the problem worse. And my experience of community service was that it was just uh, a made-up and pointless exercise for everyone involved, the people doing it and the staff. And actually what we need to be doing is putting our energy into taking care of communities and the land and there's there's so many important things so much important work to be done we don't have to make up a word beginning with b um jobs which is what a lot of people feel they're doing deep down um there's a lot of real stuff to be getting on with so let's do that please and despite what happened today you're gonna be protesting again absolutely at this stage knowing what i know about the science and and where we are accelerating into there's i couldn't possibly stop um i'm so so concerned and full of grief for what we're doing to ourselves and i really really hope that there are some tipping points in in social awareness and the activation of ordinary people to say no we don't want to die we want to continue and we can live much better than this i'm a biologist and like in my life i'm 39 in my lifetime um song thrushes in the uk have crashed like the numbers have just plummeted to like a fifth of what they used to be and that's the same across lots and lots of different types of birds and mammals um hedgehogs are going extinct this is like there's a huge decline in wildlife across the uk and we depend on wildlife on nature for like basic human needs like clean air clean water and food right and this is 
this has reached such a state that this is like really important for our survival now. You can head to kentonline.co.uk to read that story in full and find out their precise sentences. At the time of the protest, Amazon said it took its responsibilities very seriously and aimed to be net zero carbon by 2040. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Firefighters have spent three hours tackling a huge blaze in Deal. It broke out on Camp Road last night. Six fire engines were sent to put out the flames. Thankfully, no one was injured. It's emerged a former NHS consultant died because of neglect on a short-staffed hospital ward at Margate's QEQM. An inquest into the death of 84-year-old David Gordon Nesbitt heard he'd suffocated when a drainage tube was left closed by mistake following an operation. He then had sepsis before dying after a cardiac arrest in October. East Kent Hospitals Trust have apologised to his family and say they've hired more nurses and increased leadership support. £10,000 worth of stock has been stolen from one of the stalls at Rochester Christmas Market. Handmade glass items were taken overnight on Saturday despite security patrolling the area. The council say they did advise traders not to keep things there overnight. A suspect's been arrested after staff at a chemist were threatened during a robbery near Whitstable. Medication is reported to have been stolen when it happened in Faversham Road in Seasalter this morning. A 51-year-old man remains in custody. Now, you're being asked what you think about England's first secure school being set up in Kent. Work on transforming the old youth jail in Rochester started in the summer and the aim is to have it open in early 2024. The idea is to completely change the way young offenders are dealt with and get them leaving the criminal justice system with life skills and better emotional well-being. Well, I've been speaking to Steve Chalk, who's the founder of Oasis, who are behind it. It's the old Medway Secure uh, Training Centre base. And of course, it needed lots and lots of work done on it. So work actually began in May and it continues all the way until next October So that's a huge building programme. But what the building programme allows us to do is transform the site. It has been a youth jail. It's had wings and it's got cells, but we need homes, student flats, and we need bedrooms. Uh, It's had bars, but we need windows, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a huge piece of work so that it's safe, so that it's secure for everyone involved, but so that it's humanising. I've spoken to various charities about the site there previously in its, in its old form, and they've been very, very critical of, of what it's been like and, and how young people have just got caught up in this cycle of crime. How important is it for, for this project to, to change that? And, and what do you think it's going to bring to Medway and, and what's the rest of the country going to learn from it? It's vital that we change all of that. We've had a theory of justice in this country which hasn't caught up with our understanding of what's called neuroscience. That's what the experts would talk about. What that means is that in the last 25 or 30 years now, 25 years, we've learned more about our brains and what makes us tick and what makes us act and react and respond than we've ever known in human history. But we have a justice system that's not linked to any of that development. So now we know that a child's antisocial behaviour is normally trauma-driven. 
you know, what comes out of me, what's, is, what's been put into me. Or some children are in a hyper-stressed state for the whole of their life because of the violence they've seen, the abuse they've known, the neglect they've been through. What we therefore need to do is rather than punish them, make them secure so they can't be any more harm to themselves or others, but we, we, we need to work with them, ask the question not so much, what's wrong with you, but what's happened to you? And in order to ask that question and for them to come to an understanding of the things that have broken their lives and find some sense of restoration, the environment they're placed in is an important one. As far as recruitment is concerned, I know that's underway at the moment. How are you doing in, in getting those experts in to, to work with these young people? Because surely that's going to be a huge part of it as well. So there'll be no guards. There won't be prison officers. We're not going to have officers with big belts with keys on and uniforms. We're going to staff ourselves with teachers, youth workers, with psychologists and therapists, all of whom are trained to a high level in therapeutic care for children. We hear about some young people who unfortunately get caught up in this huge spiral of a life of crime there in and out of these, you know, young offender facilities. How confident are you that for some young people you really will, or for hopefully all young people, you'll be able to break that cycle? And if unfortunately they do end up need, needing to come into the secure school, that they won't ever come back again? That's a great question. The truth is the bar is already very, very, very low. Almost 70% of all young people who face a custodial sentence will re-offend within the first 12 months. When we say they will re-offend, what we actually mean, although we use that term, is they'll be reconvicted. Many young people will re-offend and not be reconvicted. The truth is, we've learned to our cost that you can't take those who have been abused and punish that abuse out of them. You can't take young people who were wounded psychologically and punish them to cure them. You can't help somebody, you can't heal somebody by hurting them. I'm not suggesting that we will have a 100% success rate. I'm not suggesting it won't be difficult. But I am saying that at the moment, we do not have a system that works at all. And when we say, well, lock them up and throw away the key, well, how long do we lock people up for and how long do we throw away the key for? My concern is just as much for the victims of crime as it is for these young people who've committed crime. They need to go on a therapeutic journey and we need to help them do that to find restoration. But we have a responsibility to make society safer, to make our streets safer, to make our towns safer. We've got a responsibility to the victims of the crime that these young people have committed. And the only responsible way of fulfilling any of those, uh, th th those accountabilities is to work with young people to a place where they don't reoffend 
They don't harm someone else. They don't pick on another victim. Anyone who's been a victim of violent crime, any household that's been a victim of the crimes that these young people will have committed, surely must be looking for the safe release and not just the release of these young people back into society. We know that the way that works is therapeutic care. That's what we've learned through neuroscience. We're putting this into practice. I know you've got a survey, a very short survey running at the moment that you're keen for anyone who's interested to, to get involved in. What, what's the, the thinking behind that survey? Is it just to gauge more support for, for what you're doing? It's to gauge more support. It's also for people to ask their questions and it's for people to get involved. We want people to be involved with us. These young people have committed crimes, but many young people just like them are in society at the moment. What we have to do is work with each young person in a loving way. So we're looking for volunteers actually, volunteers that will come in and play football with these kids or chess with these kids or sit and watch a film with these kids, talk with these kids. I've often been criticised for the fact that when I'm asked what our strategy is, I say relentless love. And people say to me, well, that's a bit soft. That's a bit easy. My response is, no, it's hard. Locking kids inside a cell for 12 or 18 hours a day, that's easy. Anyone can turn a key in a lock, and lock a child up, but you're not protecting them and you're not protecting society, and they will re-emerge as angry as they went in and as traumatised as they went in, with as antisocial behaviour patterns as they went in. But love changes things. Every young person wants to be seen, heard, understood. So we love people to volunteer, to work with us. Of course, everyone who volunteers there be trained and uh, won't ever be exposed to a situation with which they're uncomfortable but this is a fulfilling business and we'd love people to ask their questions so that we can explain the things that perhaps we've not got across uh, that people would like to know about so the more people that fill in the questionnaire we put out over the next few weeks this little period of consultation the better. Kent Online reports. Three people have been arrested after police uncovered a cannabis factory at a house in Maidstone. Forensic officers spent the night examining the scene on Hastings Road. The suspects were questioned in connection with burglary offences and have been released on bail. The Kent Online podcast has managed to get hold of a letter which warns the government about the devastating consequences of cutting border checks at Dover. It was sent by the local council back in May when ministers decided to scrap a facility that was supposed to to inspect food, plant and animal goods coming into the country. Bosses say it could lead to a disease outbreak or major biosecurity incident. The government insists they're keeping it all under review. Three people from Kent who are living with long COVID have been sharing their stories to try and encourage everyone to get the vaccine. It's almost two years since the very first jab was administered here in the county as the vaccine programme got underway. Well, Darren caught COVID in January 2021 and ended up in hospital. I was admitted to Palm Ward, which was the acute COVID ward. And that's when I was on full oxygen, like the proper mask and that. And that's, I think it was the next day they um, diagnosed me with um, um, 
severe COVID pneumonia. Um, absolutely floored. It was it, it aching all over. Um, I was coughing and just couldn't do anything. It, it turned from it's my own will to wow, this could this could go a lot further. We can also hear now from Steve, who started coming down with symptoms around Christmas time and is still suffering now. When I first caught COVID, I didn't know I had it. So I just felt I was a bit tired. Then the fatigue probably came in and then everything else just started, just crashed in. It's like a shopping list almost. So the fatigue is the worst. I think that's a common thing amongst most long COVID sufferers. The confusion, concentration, or what's called brain fog. The muscle and joint pain, even now, is still, you know, um, I take quite a lot of pain relief to overcome it so I can act kind of normally in, it's within my limitations of the long COVID anyway. The legs is the worst, probably, because one moment it feels like I'm Bambi on ice, uh, and, and the next minute it's like I'm wading through treacle. If you get a good day, I've been living with pain for X amount of weeks. I'm having a good day, so I'm going to make the most of today. And then you'll do something, some activity, and a day or so later it'll come up and go, I'm going to pay you back for that. It's like most things, until you experience something yourself or suffer with something, you're not going to be as vigilant, if you like, are you? Because there are still people out there who've never had COVID. <laughs> Luckily, and I wish I was one of them. Finally, Diane has revealed that it took a while to get a proper diagnosis of long COVID. Everyone thought I had early onset dementia. You know, family seriously were questioning that. And I did as well. And it was just trying to find out what was wrong, really. It shocked me the impact this has had on my health and well-being and on my um, future. And unless you talk to somebody who's experienced in it or um, is, is, you know, um, living with it, I don't think you really fully understand how big the impact is. Well, NHS bosses are urging anyone who's eligible for a booster to come forward. Those who can get a booster this autumn include residents in a care home for older adults and staff working in care homes for older adults, frontline health and social care workers, all adults aged 50 and over. If you're aged between 5 or 49 and are in a clinical risk group, you can also have a booster jab. Anyone who's aged 5 to 49 and lives in a household with other people who are immunosuppressed. They can get a jab as well, along with those who are 16 to 49 and act as carers. Now, there are more than 70 vaccination clinics in Kent and Medway offering first, second and booster vaccines. It's feared plans to turn a Canterbury pub into housing could cause traffic chaos. The mill on Sturry Road closed in 2019 after police found a cannabis factory inside. Developers want to convert it into flats, but residents Residents are worried about a lack of parking. The proposals are being looked at by a council committee before any decision is made. A former pub near Tunbridge Wells that's been converted into an Indian restaurant is going up for auction. The Tudor-style building on London Road in Southborough is currently home to Imley. It's going under the hammer later this month with a guide price of £900,000. Tunbridge Wells has been named today as one of the unhappiest places in the UK. Now, it's based on a wellbeing survey which is organised by the Office for National Statistics every year. Tunbridge Wells scored an average happiness rating of 6.9 out of 10, which puts it third lowest on the national list. Or perhaps if you live there, you can let us know what you think. You can comment via our socials or drop us an email, news at the KM. 
fmgroup.co.uk. Kent Online reports. We'd love to know your thoughts on this one today. A man says he's boycotting B&Q after finding out that all the checkouts in the store he went to were self-service. Ronnie Hoare says he almost abandoned his trolley that was filled with more than £100 worth of goods at Whitfield near Dover. Now, we have asked the DIY chain for a comment. We're yet to hear back from them, but let's see what some of you are saying. Within the story at Kent Online today, these are some of the comments that have been posted. Well done, that man. This seems to happen a lot, and I also feel sorry for the cashiers put out of work, presumably. Ivor has added they should have scanners on trolleys so customers scan the item as they put it in, then trundle the thing to the exit and pay. If you're going to get rid of till people, don't make customers take everything to a till, then take it all off and scan it there, then put it back on again. My opinion has added completely agree with him. I will never use a self-service till either. The products that you purchase have the service charge in them to account for a member of staff serving you when you get to the till. And finally, who'd have thought it has written have said this before having lots of self-service tills makes no sense business-wise for more than 10 items a customer well you'd love to know what you think of that you can leave a comment within the story but just head to the comment section or you can also comment on our socials just find the story on facebook and twitter One hundred thousand pounds is being given to the historic dockyard in chatham the money will be spent on the number one smithery gallery they're among 33 sites getting a share of four million pounds to make museums and displays more accessible through things like ramps, lifts and improved lighting. George Ezra is going to be in Kent next week to film a festive TV show. He's appearing on Jules Holland's annual Hootenanny, which is recorded at Maidstone Studios. It'll be on our screens, of course, on New Year's Eve. And the team at our sister radio station, KMFM, have spent a second day giving out the thousands of presents you've donated to their Give a Gift appeal. The toys and games are going to youngsters in hospital or care and to children children's charities ahead of Christmas. Dominic is from the Kent Wish Foundation in Canterbury. It'll be amazing, um, especially this time of year with the cost of living. A lot of people aren't giving out as many many things. Um, a lot of companies aren't giving out as many things at Christmas. So um, this is fantastic. Um, and obviously all the children at the schools that we're going to be distributing to, um, it's going to make their Christmas this year. This is, It's been incredible donations from our listeners this year. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? Just thank you so much. Um, obviously, I know times are hard at the moment um, and it's, it's fantastic that you can dig into your pockets and give out some um, presents to, to children that will really appreciate them and really do need them. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning. To do that, you need to sign up to the briefing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.